0: Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Let's open our Bibles in uh, Romans 1, and we'll read from verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And again, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it's the power of God for salvation, for everyone who believes. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your gospel, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you give us boldness, Lord, to proclaim your gospel, Lord. Yes, hallelujah. Lord, we are not ashamed of the message, the good news, Lord, because in it we have righteousness. In it we have freedom. In you, in you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In you, we have new life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, that you open our hearts, Lord. Father, we thank you for utterance this evening, utterance by the Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord, we thank you for open hearts, for ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're talking about the gospel and so what, what, is, what does the gospel mean? What does it mean? It's, it's good news. It's glad tidings. It's joyful news. It's not uh, sad news. It's not a f- um, you know, the worst thing that you ever heard. It's the best thing you can ever hear. We know it's good news, but what, what is the good news? Let's have a look in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, 1 Corinthians 15, which also you received and in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he that he was seen by cephas and then by the 12 after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remained to the present that's back then but some have fallen asleep by now all of them have fallen asleep after that he has seen he was seen by james then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as one born out of due time. Okay? So that's the gospel. Jesus died for us, he rose again, and he was seen by multiple people. People who touched him, people who ate with him, um, etc. And we have their testimony in the Bible. Amen? Glory to God. Now, uh, we, we read first that uh, the gospel is the power of God to salvation, right? So, what, what, what is salvation? That word salvation, or to be saved, means uh, to, uh, to save, to rescue, deliver, or to heal. Or to be saved, to be rescued, to be delivered, or to be healed. Amen? So... Just that one word is a lot of good news again. It's, it's good stuff. Now, who can tell me who was the first preacher in the Bible that preached uh, the gospel? Anybody? Peter? John? John the Baptist? Jesus? Well, yeah, could say it's Jesus. Jesus? Um, Well, let's turn to Mark 16 and find out. And we'll read from verse 9. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week. See, the gospel was about Jesus dying, rising from the dead. So, it's, it should be something that was preached after it happened, right? Jesus did tell them it was going to happen, but they didn't really, they didn't get it. So, um, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with them, as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. So the the first preacher of the gospel was a lady, was not an, an apostle, was not a man, it was someone called Mary Magdalene. And she preached to the bad guys, right? <laughs> no, she, she preached to the apostles. And the, the, the apostles are the ones that, uh, actually they had the job. You know, they, they were the ones that had the main commission. But she preached to them. And they didn't hear. They, they heard, but the, the word didn't go into their heart. So they did not believe. So what what does it tell us? That means little old me, or little young me, little big me, or little tiny me. Doesn't matter who me is, (laughs) or who me are. I know it's bad grammar. But uh, you and me, God can use us, just the way we are. Amen? And let's just stay there and, and mark. And go down to verse 14. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. So what does that mean? He was saying, hey guys, I sent Mary to you, and there was uh, two others that he sent as well, that he appeared to and they didn't believe either of them. Right? So he must have said something like, what's wrong with you? You know? Don't you know how faith works? It comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. So they heard the word of the Lord, but they, they didn't have faith. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So it's not just Mary, it's the others as well. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I think that means the chickens and the sheep as well. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Well, the the chickens don't have a, we're not going to baptize them, so I think they don't have a chance. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Okay? So there we have that word saved again. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. So it doesn't say he who is not baptized will be condemned. It says he he who does not believe will be condemned. So a lot of people read the previous verse and they say, if you're not baptized or if you're not baptized in my church, you're not saved. You know, but that's unscriptural. Um, And then, verse 17, he says, these signs will follow those who believe. So, first he said, if we believe, we'll be saved. And now he's saying, there'll be signs following as well. So, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So, you know, when we started, we said, what does salvation mean, or to be saved, what does that mean? And we said it means uh, to be saved, to be rescued, to be delivered, or to be healed. So, doesn't that sound just like the signs that he's mentioning. These signs will follow those who believe. They will cast out demons. That's deliverance. See, there's salvation. They will speak with new tongues. Okay, maybe you can't get that from the word salvation, but uh, that's pretty miraculous. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Again, uh, that sounds a bit like to be rescued or to be saved, to so be saved from the serpents or the poison. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's healing. So what does a saved person look like? A saved person looks like somebody who is delivered, who is rescued, who is healed, who casts out demons, who speaks with new tongues, who takes up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it, it doesn't harm them. If they lay their hands on the, on the sick, they recover. Amen? So, so if you're saved, here, anyone saved here tonight? So, if you are saved, then uh, you, you can cast out demons, you can speak with new tongues, you can take up serpents, you can lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Amen? Um. Let's go to Matthew 28. And verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth... Um, Jesus is telling them what to do. He's sending them, he's commissioning them, and he's telling them, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. Right? So how do we make disciples of all nations? We baptize them and we teach them. What do we teach them? We teach them to observe all things that Jesus has commanded us. Right. And what has he commanded us? to go, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. Okay? So are you going? Are you making disciples? Are you baptizing people? Are you teaching them? Does that sound right? (laughs) Well, what about Mary? We have a Mary here as well. So if Mary can do it, Surely we can do it, no? Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Um, Yes, but I'm not a pastor, or I'm not an evangelist, and, you know, so maybe someone else should do it. Okay, let's read in, uh, let's answer that question and, and read in Acts 9. Acts 9 and from verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. So who was there in Damascus? A disciple. Was it an apostle? No. No. Was it a pastor, a teacher, a prophet, an evangelist? no was he ever mentioned before no was he ever mentioned after no so the Lord said to and to him the Lord said in a vision Ananias so the Lord called him by name yeah and the Lord's calling you by name he's got your name he's got your address he knows who you are and he said, Here I am, Lord. Yeah. So can we say, Here am I, Lord? Yes. yes, it's not difficult, is it? So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. So we all know who Saul of Tarsus was and, and became, right? That he became the Apostle Paul. But at this point, he, he just had a vision of Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he didn't have much of a clue more than that. And who did God send to him? Ananias, just a lowly disciple, not a famous guy, nobody knew him, We don't read about him before or after, Um, and then Ananias tries to talk the Lord out of it, you know, he says uh, in verse 13, then Ananias answered, Lord... I have heard from many about this man. So he's informing the Lord, you know, like as if the Lord doesn't know. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And then we know the story, uh, Ananias went and and prayed for Saul. So let's just uh, see what's happening here. So Ananias is having a vision. It says that in verse 10, the Lord said to him in a vision. Right. So he saw something, because otherwise it's not a vision. And he's speaking to him, so he's, he's hearing what the, the Lord is saying. It doesn't say whether it's audible or not. You know, it could be the st- still, small voice. Um, and then he gives him inf- information. So he tells him exactly where Saul is, right? And that's called a, a word of knowledge. So a word of knowledge came to Ananias in a vision, and uh, you could say um, a word of wisdom came to him as well because the Lord revealed to Ananias what was going to happen with Paul in the future. And that's, that's called a, a word of wisdom. Uh, and that was in verse 15 where, when God said, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So it's, he's talking about things far in the future And so eventually, Ananias goes, and in verse 17, he says, He went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. So the Lord sent Ananias. He's given him a word of knowledge to tell him where Saul is. A word of wisdom to tell him what's going to happen with Saul in the the future. And he gives him other instructions. He gets there. He lays hands on Paul. Paul gets healed. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. That's like four things now and then he says and he arose and was baptized. Now who baptized Paul? Most probably Ananias, right? I don't think it was the handyman or the cleaning lady or you know. Ananias had a mission, he probably he probably did it. Um, so remember when I asked you, are you going to make going out, are you making disciples? And are you baptizing them? And you I can't baptize people. Uh, are you uh, laying hands on them? Are they getting healed? Ananias was just like you and me. Mary was just like you and me. And God gave them special instructions to to reach people that, who became, um, you know, the apostles that we know today. And just like they, imagine, if, if you were the one that, that reached Billy Graham or that reached Reinhard Bonnke, and you never reached anyone after, and you just reached that one person, wouldn't that be amazing? You know? And like, even if, if no one ever heard of you again, but you, you reached that person who then did so many uh, great things for the Lord. Now, let's have a look at uh, just probably the next page in your Bible. Acts 10, verse 34. Now, in this uh, scripture, Peter is is preaching, and he's preaching to Gentiles. And before this, he, he didn't know that he should preach to Gentiles but the Lord revealed it to him. And so let's catch up with Peter from verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God. Remember in the beginning I said, what's the gospel? And we said it's uh, Jesus died for us and he rose from the dead and was seen by witnesses. Thus, This is what Peter is telling them. He says, Jesus healed people, God was with him, he died, he rose again, and he was seen by witnesses. So that's the gospel, right? And then he says, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. So he's telling them, listen, I'm a first-hand witness. It's not my auntie or my uncle or my nephew that told me this. It's not by gossip I heard it. I saw it with my own eyes. I touched him with my own Hands. And he commanded us to preach, verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who, has ordained, who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. So who is the judge of the living and the dead? God. So Jesus, uh, Peter is revealing to, the, to them that not only was Jesus a good guy, who went about healing people, and he just happened to uh, rise from the dead. He also happens to be the judge of the living and the dead. And then he says, To him all the prophets witness that through his name, what does that mean, his name? Through his authority. That's what it means. Whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. So forgiveness of sins. So, who do we have to believe in? We have to believe in Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, who was raised up on the third day and seen by multiple witnesses. We need to believe in Him. So, what does it mean to believe in Him? Um, someone once told me, uh, not me personally, but preached to us, and told us what, what faith is, and he said, it's like... Uh, you have this chasm and, and two cliffs on either side of the chasm and a, and a tightrope and imagine Jesus is there with a, with a wheelbarrow and he walks over the tightrope to the other side and comes back and he asks you, do you believe I can do this? And of course you just saw him do it and you go, yeah, well I just saw you do it, I believe, you know, is that faith? So somebody said, uh, seeing is believing. Is that true? No. So if Jesus said, so you saw me do it, now you get in the wheelbarrow, let me push you over. You know, Let me take you across. If you get in there, that's faith. Because now you're trusting him. You're, you're letting go of everything that you were holding on to, so the, the ground beneath your feet, Are you now giving over to him? That's an example of faith. Amen? So when we trust in Jesus for forgiveness of sins, or for, what did we say, to save us, to rescue us, to deliver us, to heal us, we're letting go. We're saying, I can't do it by myself. I have no power in myself. I need Jesus. Amen? Amen? No, I was just uh, remembering how my my brother came and spoke to me one one evening. So at the time, I wasn't serving the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him and told him, Tonight, you speak to Barry. And uh, so my brother, he was still a, a very young Christian, so he didn't know all the scriptures and, you know, all the proper things. And he just tried his best. But he was led by the Holy Spirit. And uh, he asked me a question. He said, Barry, how is, how is your relationship with Jesus? And I'm like, what, what do you mean relationship? What's that? And the thing is, I knew that, that he was going to come and speak to me. Because I could see the change of, uh, in his life. So I was scared that he was going to come and talk to me. So I thought, I better get everything right so that when he comes and talks to me, I'm prepared. so He can't get me in a corner. So what did I do? I, I stopped doing the bad things that I was doing. Um, I, I, I wasn't addicted, but uh, nevertheless, I was, I was drinking and, and smoking. And I thought, if I, if I get rid of this, then I'll be ready for him, you know. And uh, so I told him, well, I don't smoke and I don't drink. So I'm okay. <laughs> um, and then he just started to explain to me about Jesus, you know, that, I, that uh, Jesus wanted a relationship with me. And f- for me, that was like something completely new. Like, I, I believe that Jesus died for me, that he rose again. But this, this was a new idea. And everything he said, I challenged him and said, show me in the Bible. And then he said, okay, okay, I'll show you in the Bible. And there it is. Oh, no, it's in the Bible. I, guess, I suppose I have to accept it. And uh, to make a long story short, in the end, he asked, can I pray for you? And he started praying for me. And the presence of God just came on me, and I couldn't help it. But I was just crying and crying and crying, um, and a part of me is probably like the, the my brain or my mind was angry because I was thinking, "Why is he making me cry? i don 't want to cry. you know this is embarrassing. And then he took me to church uh, another day, I, I can 't remember exactly when it was, but I was still uh, a bit rebellious and. Um, yeah still on a journey and I came into the church and there was a man uh, a tall man with with quite a a bushy beard and he just put his hand on my shoulder and he said we've been praying for you And again, just like now, I, I don't know why, but I just started uh, crying immediately, just as he touched me and said that. And again, I was like, everywhere I go with these people, they make you cry. And uh, that evening, there was, uh, you know, like an overhead projector, kind of similar to ours, but like with the old-fashioned over, overhead projectors. And... Uh, I don't know what songs they were singing it was probably something like uh um, was it when I'm in awesome wonder one of those like old songs and I was just looking at the screen of the overhead projector and I was looking around and and I was aware of God's presence and I but I was sure they were angels you know I was like what do they have it like this every sunday mm-hmm. and I But I noticed, like, everybody acts a little bit normal, but, you know, I was just aware of this is different. This is not what I grew up with. Like, I grew up with um, strict tradition, and I I never saw the power of of the Holy Spirit before. Amen. So so who reached me? It was just my brother. What if my brother decided not to chat to me that, that evening? Then, uh, about a year later or so, a man came in from the church, came to explain to me about being baptized. And uh, he, he took long. He took probably an hour or two going through what felt like hundreds of scriptures, uh, but it was probably not that many. But he had a file like this, you know, and the whole file was just about baptism. I mean, it was over the top. He was not the pastor, he was just uh, like a, a lay preacher, I guess. And uh, at the end, like I was ready for an argument, you know, because I like uh, to see, you know, are you telling the truth? Show me exactly from the Bible or you're out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he got to the end and he said, I can't convince you, only the Holy Spirit can convince you. And I thought, like, I think he just did. You know, he's convincing me now. Let's go. Let's go. You you need to baptize me, and you need to do it now. Because he read to me, uh, you know, this same Ananias. Um, I think it's in, in Acts 22. Let's have a look. If we can find it. Acts 22, verse 16. It says, And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized. Amen. So, those words were ringing in my ears. Why are you waiting? Because I already knew actually a year before, because my brothers showed me in the Bible. So, I was convinced, but I did nothing about it. Because I reasoned, Well, I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm uh, praying in tongues, so what's this, you know, why do I need to be baptized? I feel good inside, and and stuff like that. That, That's what my head was was telling me. Uh, But then these words were ringing in my ears. Now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized. So the man who told me about, you know, this verse wasn't prepared to baptize me. Can you believe it? I told him, listen, we have a, the place where we lived was uh, a, school, uh, a school with a boarding school, and they had a swimming pool. So I said, there's a swimming pool there. We can use it. It's, I think it was a Sunday afternoon, uh, you know, and we had permission to, to use it. So I said, let's go. He didn't want to do it. Then I turned to my brother, who also taught me about, you know, you need to be baptized. He wasn't willing to do it either. Then I got on the phone and called the pastor. I said, Pastor, I want to be baptized, and we'll be baptized tonight. And then he was, uh, we can't do it tonight, we can do it next Sunday. So I had to wait that whole week. And I was so in anticipation. Why are we going to wait this week? You know, like, God said, why are you waiting? Amen. And uh, so when, when I started working in the post office, in South, no, actually it was before that, Uh, before I started working in the post office, when I was a door-to-door salesman, I would uh, speak to people, find out if they're uh, born again. If they're not born again, I'll share the gospel with them. If they already are born again, I'll start talking to them about being baptized, explain to them, uh, not like that man with the file, you know, just uh, one or two or three scriptures. And... uh, share with them about being baptized. And then I would also, like Ananias, pray with them to be filled with the, with the Holy Spirit. Um, and this one place I remember we went, it was called Sebukeng. Now, in South Africa, Sebukeng is, back then, I don't know how it is now, but back then it was quite a dangerous area. And so we were doing door-to-door sales there. And I came to this house and there were three ladies they're probably just uh drinking tea like it was one was the owner of the house and the other two were visitors and uh, I started speaking to them after trying to sell them stuff from a catalog and uh I asked them you know if they're all Christians and they, and they all all three of them assured me that you know they they're Christians and uh so all the questions I asked them, they, they answered correctly. And then I thought, okay, well, let's, let's go to the next step. The next step is to be baptized. Because Jesus said, go to all the older nations, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them and teaching them, right? So I, I can't go on to the teaching bit if I haven't done the baptizing bit. So uh, now they were from three different denominations, these ladies. And uh, the one that was sort of on my left, she was against everything that I was saying, you know, about the baptism. And she was—I mean, she was not ready to hit me, but she was—you could see she was hostile. And uh, but the other two, I think they were from different denominations, and and they—I think they were probably already baptized. So, all they were convinced of what I was showing them. It's a long time ago, so I I can't remember exactly. But they were positive. And then, uh, so we spoke about that for, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes. And then I started to speak about Acts 2 and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I explained to them, you know, all the scriptures. And then we got to the bit where we're going to pray now, and they're going to receive the Holy Spirit. So as we're praying, so these ladies, they spoke, uh, I think it was either Tswana or Sutu. I'm, I'm not sure. Both languages are very similar. And so I got them to say, Jesus is Lord in their language, which is Morena Ki Jesu. Morena means Lord, and Ki Jesu means is Lord. Jesu is Lord. So Morena Ki Jesu, the Lord. He is Jesus. And we got to say that. And the reason why I did was that was because no one can say that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So we're just praying and we're just saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And as we, we say that, the Holy Spirit came upon us. You can, you, we could feel it. And this lady that was hostile, she she can feel it. The other two can feel it. And one by one, this one started speaking in tongues. Then we paused, and we asked her, you know, what happened? She said, well, it was just automatic. I just just came. And then the next one, and the more we did it, the more more heavier the, the presence of God came. And then finally this one here, also got, and you should see her face. You know, if you took before and after, it's two completely different. She was like, oh, oh, what? I could have uh, sold everything out of my catalog to her after that. She would like, you know, just take uh, anything I said after that, and the the whole uh, not, not that she did, um, her whole attitude changed. And, and they, I left, they, they actually wanted me to stay. You know, they said, you, you can't go now. And they wanted to go and, uh, you know, because I suppose they all had houses so they, they could have accommodated me and stuff. But of course I, I had to go. Um, so that was the, the door-to-door sales job. And I, I did that often. And uh, there came times where, where I got tired and I didn't see results, you know. Or I got, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, resistance, you know. Where you just feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not making uh, progress here. And that's, a lot of that was when I was trying to do it in my own strength. When I was not getting filled myself. Um, And so this one day, so with all of this, there's my manager and there's, I think, four other people in the car as well. So we're actually six people in the car. And they're always, like, teasing me about God or trying to ask difficult Bible questions to catch me about something uh, because they knew I was a Christian. And then... One day, I don't know whose idea it was, but somebody came up with the idea that we're all going to church together. I think it was one of them that suggested, oh, let us I want to go to your church. Or, and so I, I took them, actually not to my church, but to this uh, church where I knew that the Holy Spirit was moving. And uh, that was an evening service. But I myself... I was so hungry and thirsty for God that uh, when we got there, I, I basically took them, agreed to it, not because I wanted them to get saved or touch, but just because I was so hungry for God and desperate for him. And uh, that that evening, they, they made an altar call and I, I just like jumped out of my seat and I just wanted to, you know, get to the front and be prayed for. Now, this was a large church, so they had, like, something like 30 people at the front, you know, ready to, to pray with people. And I'm standing there, and they're not praying for me. And I think, what is wrong with these people, you know? They come here to the altar call, and then they they can't even pray for you. And, and it's, like, going on and on. But obviously, they're just waiting for everybody to uh, come forward, you know. But I, I just went forward and said, excuse me, can you pray for me, please? <laughs> you know, and they were like, "What? you know, what, what? Well, how come he's doing that? Um, but then I suppose somebody must have told them, it's okay, you can pray. And they started praying. And obviously, see, I came from a Pentecostal church, and this was more like a charismatic kind of, uh, more reserved church, although there was, Things happening there, you know, that didn't happen in the Pentecostal church. But the Pentecostal churches, we were loud, right? We didn't hold back. So as soon as they put their hands on me, I started shouting, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! You know, and I was like, I'm not holding back. And uh, up until that point, I'd I'd never, I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, but never fallen under the power. And I sort of told myself, that'll never happen to you. You know, that's not for you. And uh, I, don't, I think the person that was, I think there was probably two people praying. They didn't know what, what hit them. <laughs> because, like, I couldn't even hear them praying. And uh, I don't know how many, how many seconds it was, like a minute or two. But suddenly, like, the power of God just came on me, and my legs felt like jelly you know, like, literally like jelly. And I just, I wanted to stand up with all my strength, you know, but I I just couldn't prevent myself from falling. And uh, I was crying on the floor, um, laughing. And then when I got up, I had these theological questions, you see, and I thought, if I go to this church, I can ask them some theological questions and I can have some answers. So I tried to get somebody after I was prayed for, but now I, I can't stand properly and I can't talk properly. <laughs> so I'm trying to get somebody to ask a question. All I can find is an usher. And the usher goes like, I'm just an usher. And, uh, but then I kept on insisting and eventually they got somebody. And then I tried to uh, ask the question again. And then the Holy Spirit just kept on hitting me, you know, I mean, filling me. And I was just laughing. And I told him, this has never happened before. And I I was, I mean, I was enjoying it. But at the same time, I was frustrated because I was like, I need to get the answer for this thing, you know, this question. Um, But, you know, sometimes... If you're a bit stubborn, you it takes time to learn. <clears throat> so, uh, one of the the my colleagues that went with also went forward for prayer, and also got hit, you know, under the power of, of God. Um, the next day, you know, usually I'm I'm very quiet in the car, don't say anything, and this day it's like. I'm laughing or I'm saying something silly and everyone else is laughing, <laughs> you know. Um, and then I got to this, uh, when we got to a township somewhere, I got to share with this, this uh, family. It was the mother and the father and there was, I don't know, probably at least two children. And uh, the whole family... I think they were either saved already or I can't remember, but I what I do remember is that they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the this uh the wife said, you know, after she got filled with this the Holy Spirit, she said oh, now, now all my problems are over. <laughs> you know, it's like she just had an encounter with God and she realized she was saved. Rescued, delivered, and healed. Amen? So we can talk about it, but some things are better felt than told, or better experienced for yourself. So that relationship that my brother was telling me about, un- until I got a relationship with Jesus for myself and experienced him, he could talk about it and it would just, you know, seem like funny words that he's talking about. But until you experience it for yourself, you don't really know what it is. You know, when when I was uh, 15, I I went on a family camp. So at this point, I was still um, very far away from God. And on this family camp, there was this preacher who was from the same traditional denomination that I grew up in but this preacher was different and he said some shocking things to, that I couldn't believe. I mean I believed it but I, I was just shocked to, to hear anything like that was possible today and what it was was that he was in a car crash years before that and he died in the car crash and he came before Jesus and Jesus uh, sent him back And when he came back, uh, he had basically almost all the bones in his body was broken. And it took time, but everything healed up, and then one leg was shorter than the other. So he had to have one of those shoes that's built up, uh, because the way that when his bones were broken, you know, some of it was just shattered so badly that uh, when it grew back, his one leg was shorter. So uh, so this pastor, in Afrikaans, we, we, would, we don't say pastor for the, for that, in that denomination. We actually call them duimini, which sounds a bit like domino. Um, I don't know what, where that word comes from. It must be like a Latin word or something. Um, so the duemini had some friends, and these were charismatic friends, and they said, oh, have you asked the Lord to, to heal your leg? You know, because I think he must have told them the story, you know, how he died and came before Jesus and Jesus sent him back. And then he said, uh, no, actually, actually I, n- I never thought about it. So, uh, they said, well, why don't we pray for you right now? So I said, yeah, okay, I don't see any harm in that. So, they pray for him. And his leg grows back in front of his uh, daughter and his daughter st- starts crying and says i'm seeing a miracle i'm seeing a miracle now what if what if his friends just observed him and said oh, well we're glad at least you're alive you know praise god you're alive <clears throat> but they they did what uh, jesus said they, sh- they they laid hands on the sick and they recovered So what what part can you play? So you can share the gospel with with people cuz like we saw it's not difficult, right? Because Jesus died, Jesus rose from the dead, was seen by witnesses. Jesus saves, he rescues, he delivers, he heals, he's the judge of the living and the dead. Amen. <clears throat> So Jesus can send you. He can send me. Um, I think in the in the post office, I I baptized one of my colleagues, and I was I took another one to my church uh, to be baptized there. Um, And we we used to have um, like prayer meetings. So there was there were two su- actually yeah two supervisors and they were Christians and they, they wanted to have some kind of like a prayer meeting you know or a, a word meeting Bible study or something like that and so one day they just said um, I was there with them working and they said oh we we would like to do something like that if only we could have somebody that could uh, preach or. Or teach, or something like that. I I forgot exactly what what the supervisor said, and then I I said well, I I wouldn't mind doing it, <laughs> and uh, so there was a bunch of us. Um, I don't know uh, those two and maybe maybe one or two more. So maybe we were four or five. And the first time we got together, we started praying. And just like I was explaining, you know, how the Holy Spirit came on us uh, in different places, the same thing happened. So I think one of them was already filled with the, with the Holy Spirit, one or two of them. Um, and, you know, imagine you're at work and you're having a Holy Ghost meeting. You just had, came from your lunch time, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And your colleague is filled with the Holy Spirit. Your supervisor is filled with the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. So we prayed and it's, it was like we were praying and praying and the, and the Holy Spirit was just filling and filling, you know, and uh, the name of Jesus was saving, rescuing, delivering us healing us. And all it took was just, you know, three or four believers getting into his presence. They didn't want to go back. These are the supervisors. They didn't want to go back to work. Now we we have, like, one minute to get, like, from here to there and then downstairs to get back to our stations. And they're pushing it. They're going, like, I don't care. I'm going to pray, even if if I have to sprint down there with ten seconds. I'm going to stay that little bit longer. What what's what's possible in in uh, in your life, in your work, in your neighbourhood? I, I had neighbours. Um, it was a a man, uh, a wife, and. Uh, a daughter all right and i actually witnessed the man doing some pretty bad things to to his wife and i think he must have invited me he he started chatting to me because we lived right next door and this was a block of flats i think he he got talking to me as he was standing outside you know like on the in the corridor, leaning over the balcony. And we struck up a a conversation. And before I knew it, this happened a a few times. You know, he he invited me in, and he would tell me all his sob stories of 20 years ago when he was a boxer, and this happened, and that happened, and now uh, I forgot what the accident was, but he, he lost part of his leg, so he had a wooden leg, you know, And he had lots of uh, regrets and and stories and things to tell. Um, And at some point, I I started to share with him the gospel. And then he would just uh, start going in this direction and that direction. Or he'd be drunk, you know. Or he would just start crying and remembering this thing that went wrong and that thing that went wrong. I never got to talk to his uh, wife and daughter. So I suppose they were hiding, <laughs> hiding in the room somewhere, scared of him. Because, uh, you know, he used to be a boxer. And uh, one of my friends invited the, the wife and the daughter to church. The wife and the daughter went forward for prayer that night to the altar. They got saved. Sometimes that's all you need to do is just invite somebody to church. You know, if you, you don't have the words to say, if you don't know how to, to preach the gospel, maybe you can invite somebody. Maybe you can bake a cake. Make it, maybe you can leave a card. So this, uh, when I heard the story about this this man that uh, was in the accident and his leg grew back and he, he came back to life and he's in my church, traditional church denomination, so I was 15 years old. When I got back to school after this uh, family camp thing, I had so many questions. So I was telling my friends, you know, Look, I went on this family camp and the preacher said, he died and, and he came back to life and his leg grew back. Have you ever heard anything like that before? Do you know that, that that's how you can spread the gospel? That's a testimony. That's saying what God did, how he did it, who he did it to. You're a witness, you saw it happen. So you don't have to go and, and quote a bunch of scriptures. You can say, did you know so-and-so had this problem, that problem, God fixed it. Isn't that amazing? Oh, where did that happen? Oh, really? Yeah. That's, that's what uh, testimony is. So, in the, in the book of Revelation, we hear they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So each one of us has a testimony. What's your testimony? What's your story? And, you know, sometimes you have... uh, You just heard something else that happened to somebody else. You can share their story. Jesus said... uh, that God anointed him to preach good news to the poor. Okay, so that's part of the good news. God providing. So, you know, people, they might not have, uh, they might not think they need saving from something, or rescuing from something, or delivering from something, or healing from something. but if they know God's their provider, you know, they might have a willing ear to listen. Have you got a, a story where God provided for you? I know we, we, we needed 10 pounds years ago, and Alessandra was praying, and she opened the, the door, and there was 10 pounds at the door. You know, 10 pounds doesn't sound like a lot, but if you needed 10 pounds, you haven't got the 10 pounds. And that, that's provision, right? Yeah. Um, I was, when I was 17, I didn't have uh, proper shoes to wear for school. So my shoes were full of holes and you know just falling apart basically. And uh, my mom, mom couldn't afford to buy new shoes but I wasn't bothered with it, you know, because children just don't care. <laughs> uh, but this, uh, this one Sunday after church, I was praying. And I was praying about the, the evening service, because we used to have a gospel service in the evening. And as I started praying, it's like these words came up out of my spirit. Uh, And it's almost as I'm thinking, what are you praying and what are you saying? And I was saying, um, thank you, Lord, that you provide for me today new shoes. And the thing is, like, I I thought, how could I say such a thing? The shops are closed because on Sundays back then, this is 30 years ago, the shops were closed. You couldn't go anywhere to buy shoes. So not only am I, am I praying, Lord, provide me for, for new shoes, I'm saying today, and I'm thanking him for it as well, So as if he's already done it. Um, I think my brain is telling me, you know, you lost it now, but I knew in my spirit, I, I knew enough to know that, that that was from the Holy Spirit. And uh, that evening, God sent uh, somebody to, to preach in, in the church who, who just happened to also have been raised from the dead, <laughs> uh, which is uh, bizarre, but there you go. But not, obviously not at that moment, but uh, I think some years before that. Um, and he was telling his story, and afterwards, we were, everyone was just full, filled with joy and i asked somebody in the church that i was actually a bit afraid of this guy because he was he was quite big and he always seemed a bit grumpy and uh, you know not a nice guy to talk to and i told him listen now when are you going to invite me over to your house for tea this this guy i'm talking to right and he's going like uh uh Oh, why, why don't you come tonight? So we we go to his, my brother and I, we go to his house, and so he had a wife and I think he, I think they had two children, a boy and a girl, and uh, so as we're sitting there, they're giving us tea, then then the husband and the wife are looking at my shoes, right. And I'm like, okay, this is a bit weird, people looking at my shoes. And then I just blurted out, yeah, it looks like the Lord wants me to have new shoes or, some, or something. And uh, then it just so happened, the man had a pair of shoes that he got from the uh, army that he never used. And he said, what size do you wear? I said, oh, size nine. He says, well, I have a size nine here. So, uh, you know, that's how the Lord provided for me. And you can't make these things up, you know. It's like... Um, for me, that, that was like amazing, amazing, amazing. Because not only did God give me a word, but he also fulfilled that word on, on the same day. And he did it miraculously. And I saw it that if, if he hadn't sent the, the man to preach there that evening, because the man was not booked. It was the preacher, it was the pastor from... Uh, the neighboring church he didn't even tell his church that he was he wasn't going to be there that evening he said because they didn't have mobile phones back then and God just told him tonight you're going to the other church you're going to preach and this is what you're going to preach and people came forward and and got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit people were crying and uh, it's just amazing so I saw it like wow in order for God to get me to have the boldness to speak to that guy, he spoke to the other pastor from the other church to come to preach to us, to have this uh, big revival so that we're all just full of joy and boldness so that I can get my shoes. So, you know, maybe you need to pray for some shoes or uh, a jacket or something, and God will just make it happen and save a bunch of people and fill them with the Holy Spirit in the process. Yeah? Woohoo. Isn't God good? Yeah. So, little old me and you, Mary and Ananias, and wh- wherever you are, your neighbors, people that you work with, people that you meet in the street, you know you can walk past somebody and God can tell you, go speak to that guy. Tell him Jesus loves him. Or ask him this, ask him that. What's what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is, you know, they don't accept uh, the gospel and they walk away. What's... On the flip side, what's, what's the best thing that can happen? They can accept Jesus. Yeah, they can be filled with the Holy Spirit. They can be healed. They can have hope for the future. So let's not wait for for something to happen or somebody else to to, to do what Jesus said we should do. Let's go and do what, what he said. Let's... Uh, Let's be fishers of men. You know, when I told my friends at school about this uh, story, about the, the preacher getting healed and raised from the dead, one guy, my friend, he said, Oh, yeah, yeah I knew that. I knew Jesus does stuff like that. It happens in our church. Really? Why did you never tell me? That's amazing. Wow. And what else? What else happens in your church? Tell me, tell me, tell me. You know, oh, well, if you feel you want to be born again, you go forward and get, really? You go forward in the church? And then what happens? Like, you see, like, if my friend that I spent the last four years in school with just gave me this little bit of uh, what he knew, that could have helped me to get to know Jesus better, right? And I've I've noticed, like, uh, in the, the different places I've worked, if you mention Jesus, if you mention God, people start having questions. Um, in London, my manager, I think he was an atheist or an agnostic or something like that, and uh, but he, he liked music, and he actually used to record music when he was younger. So I was twenty-three, and he must have been in his forties, I imagine. Um, and then one day I just said, "Hey, look! I I recorded a a song here on on a CD. Do you want to listen to it?" So he goes, "Oh yeah! Oh yes. You recorded it? Yeah, yeah. No, I recorded it." So uh, he goes and he listens, and it's obviously it's, it's worship songs. And he goes, like, oh, yeah, that's really nice. And then he brought me some of the things that he recorded, like, when, you know, 20 years ago. Um, and then every time I thought, oh, let me record something else and see if he'll listen to that. So I just kept on recording things and giving him to listen. Before he knew it, a Muslim girl heard, overheard us, small little... Muslim girl called Arifa, and uh, she said, oh, can I listen as well? And I said, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's Jesus songs. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, let me listen, let me listen. So she goes and, and she listens, and, and I think I probably gave her some more CDs after that. And her feedback was, "Oh yeah, yeah." I was like, "I like it." It's like Jesus, Jesus, yeah, yeah. It's good, you know. So imagine, she could have been killed for that. Um, I had some books. The one was called uh, "The Torn Veil." The other one was called "I Dared to Call Him Father." And I gave these books to, uh, I think, two or three people at work. I said, "You have to read this book. This this book is amazing." So they read the book, and uh, before you know it, they went to to their other colleagues. Oh, oh, you see what I read in this book? And it's about how people found Jesus in the mi- in the middle of a country where they where they don't know about Jesus how Jesus appeared to them, how they got healed. And for them, it's, it's all new. And they start spreading it to the next one and, and the next one. And before you know it, um, you know, it's, it's more normal to speak about God at work. This one day, uh, one of my colleagues, he asked me, Barry, how are you? How are you doing? Uh, and just before he asked me, I was just thinking, wow, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, that uh, I'm in a church where I can have fellowship with other believers. Uh, there, there, there's a small group that I can pray with. You know, uh, thank you, Lord, that, that I, you know, I can see you moving in, in my life. And then he comes and asks me this. And I tell him, you know, Desmond, I'm, j- I'm just so blessed. woo <laughs> <laughs> and he, go, he goes like, "Really?" How?" You see, sometimes that's, that's how you have an open door to, uh, to preach the gospel to somebody. It's just tell them, woo-hoo-hoo! I'm so blessed." And they go like, "Huh? Never seen anyone say that before, like usually, "Oh, no, I'm so tired." Oh, is it home time yet? You know. Um, the The manager that I gave the CDs to. One day, uh, he was he was saying something. Uh, he was talking about his son going to to church just so that he can go in get in to a, a certain school. You know. So my son's going to school to church because I want him to go to that school there. And uh, then he says, like, he's proud of his son because his, his son is really into it and he's uh, praying and things like that. Oh, no, he didn't say praying. He said he's, he says grace, like, before they eat. And then when he said that, he says grace, something in me turned on. I was like, what? do you even know what grace means? You know? And then I I started preaching to him about uh, the undeservable favor of God and how Jesus paid for it. Like, he just triggered me and I started sharing the gospel and he was like... I I wasn't planning on saying that, but it it, it just popped out. And you've got to be ready to let him use you. Yeah? Don't hold back. Sometimes he's just telling you, go say this, these two words, or these three words to so-and-so. That could lead them on a path where, where they start asking questions, or you know, that'll take them maybe to the next step. Amen? So, let's just thank the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've called us to make disciples of all nations, that you've given us Good news, you've given us new life. You've rescued us. You've set us free. You've delivered us. You've blessed us beyond our wildest dreams. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you've given us a treasure that we can share with others. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you did for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can be cleansed by your blood. That we can be set free, made whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you direct our steps. Yes, Lord, that you give us boldness. Lord, that we do it not in our own strength, but that we do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to your name, in Jesus' name, amen.